Hi there. Welcome to episode 157. Today, I'm talking about our decision to homeschool. You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Hi, it's Danae. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 157. It has been absolutely gorgeous and sunny here in New York for the past couple of days. So this episode is a little late getting up this week because I've been out enjoying the sunshine with my kids. Today on the podcast, I'm answering a question from an audience member asking me about my decision to homeschool and about some of her own internal struggles around homeschooling. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you'll know that homeschooling was never something in my plans, and I'm not even sure yet if it is in my long-term plans. But a huge piece of living more intentionally and being more present is really focusing on what's in the best interest of my family and myself right now today not five years from now or 10 years from now. So with that in mind, homeschooling is what we're planning on right now. Before we get into this episode, here's a word from our sponsor. The sponsor for today is Highlands. Earaches are one of the primary causes for doctor visits with over 30 million visits per year, and Highlands can help. If you've been diagnosed with an earache by a physician, you can try Highlands homeopathic earache drops or tablets. I actually know this firsthand. I had an ear infection a couple of years ago, and I forgot how bad they hurt. And I had some Highlands on hand for my kids, and I used it on myself. And I have to say, it took the pain down from like a nine, at least to a three or four. I was super impressed. Highlands has been trusted for generations to provide safe homeopathic medicines for all members of the family. Highlands homeopathic earache drops and tablets provide natural relief to help you get back to doing what you love. So visit highlands.com, H-Y-L-A-N-D-S, to find a retailer near you. That's highlands.com backslash ear hyphen pain. These claims are based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted by medical evidence, not FDA evaluated, and you must read and follow the label directions before use. And now from one of my weekly listener spotlights, these words came through the form of a podcast review. This message comes from Tracy and she wrote, so I wanted and needed to start simplifying with three kids, 12, eight, and two, it was going to be overwhelming. It wasn't going to happen. My brain and body were more comfortable with visual and other chaos than starting a huge life upheaval in an effort to get simpler. But Danae and her podcast have been such a blessing, full of real and very smart advice, suggestions, and stories that can be implemented without throwing your life into a tailspin. It has become one of my favorite podcasts, and I am on a very real path to simplicity, one that will take time, but I'm already breathing easier and already looking forward to my next project. Thank you. Tracy, thank you so much for your message. Now, moving on to some words from another audience member, this email came from Erica, and Erica had some questions for me about homeschooling. And here's what she wrote. Erica said, I started my minimalist, simple living journey about a year and a half ago. It was going great. However, I was really interested in the idea of homeschooling, and all throughout the summer, I questioned putting my son back into preschool. It felt counterintuitive to have him in preschool if I ultimately wanted to homeschool. During the same period of questioning, my anxiety and depression began to skyrocket. I put my son back into school in the fall and took him out after a month because of my conflicted feelings. I wanted to nurture intrinsic motivation, exploration, and discovery, 
Since becoming a mom, I've become very passionate about the Montessori method and have spent countless hours studying and researching it. I thought I could recreate Montessori learning spaces in our somewhat small living room and raise my children as though they were in a Montessori school and all of that, but everything is just feeling out of my reach. I don't know how to make homeschooling and simple living coexist. I'm so cranky, stressed, miserable, and just can't do it all. I have not become the mom whom I like very much. I don't like the way I speak to my family or the stress and negative emotions I add to it on a regular basis. I can't execute what I thought I'd be able to execute. Our lives, although slow, are more like depressed and dragging, rather than a slow life of exploring and experiencing rich moments. Danae, since I know that you too really like the Montessori method and you mentioned that it's not the style of homeschooling route you'll be taking, I'm really curious to know what route you are taking for homeschool. I could really use some ideas. I'd love to know if your homeschooling path requires a lot of space or separate space for homeschooling materials, etc., and how this works into your home and your simple living journey. Thank you for your question, Erica. I feel like, wow, where do I begin on this one? Okay. So I'm going to share a little bit about my journey towards homeschooling, and it's really just beginning and what that looks like and why we even decided to go down this route. So I never planned on homeschooling my kids. They're three and five now. My son will be in kindergarten in the fall. My son is still in nursery school. He goes three afternoons a week. He did three years of Montessori school, and then this past year we put him into nursery school. So starting in the fall, he will officially be homeschooling, and my daughter will go to nursery school for the next two years. The nursery school goes from 12 to 2, three days a week. So it's in the afternoons, which is awesome because we don't have to rush out the door to get there. So I'll in many ways, I guess, be homeschooling both of them in the fall because my daughter will be with us in the mornings when we're together. But at the same time, she will be going to nursery school in the afternoons. I'm going to keep sending her for the same reason that I have sent my son in that it in that the school is affordable. It's really lovely. It's not a huge time commitment. It's only about eight hours a week all in. And it's a great way to get them out of the house. We've been really happy there. So we moved to New York from Texas. It's been just about two years. We moved in the summer. And when we were in Texas, we were in a private Montessori school and it was absolutely amazing. We loved it. And the school went all the way up to 12th grade. It was Montessori for the first several years and then it switched over to International Baccalaureate. And had we stayed in Dallas, I think we would have just stayed all the way through at this school because we really did love it. And that was the sort of school and educational experience that I envisioned for my kids. Small, progressive, supportive, excellent educators. And when we moved to New York, we were hoping to find a similar school and a similar environment, which we did. It was just literally double the price. So unfortunately, we didn't have an extra eighty dollars or $90,000 a year to put towards our children's preschool and elementary education. This is where we landed on homeschooling. Now, when I say that, don't think that I am feeling pressured into it or I'm doing it only because I don't have any other options. I'm actually really excited about it now that we are invested in the process. And I'll tell you that as soon as we moved, pretty much in the first weeks that we were here before we knew anything about the prospects for the potential schools, I started thinking about homeschooling. And mostly because of the area that we live in, we are close to incredible nature preserves. And we are also just a train ride away from the city and all of the cultural opportunities there. The thought of my kids going to school and spending all day in school and learning about it all from a book made me question whether that was really what I wanted for them if there was another option out there. So the idea kind of festered in my mind for about a year 
And in the past year, we have been what I call dabbling because we haven't really done any academic work. It's just preschool. And I don't really think we need to do a lot of academic work at this age. But we have been participating in a homeschool co-op. The co-op program is basically just unstructured play. It's part of the Wild and Free group. I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Wild and Free community online. So that's really where we're at right now. We are still just getting started. But I've already started thinking about what the obstacles are and what the barriers are. And honestly, I don't think when it comes to homeschooling that teaching your own children is an obstacle or even a barrier of any sort. There are so many resources out there, so many options, so many that are very straightforward and easy to follow. So the education component of homeschooling doesn't really faze me. I think that the most challenging part of homeschooling is the family dynamic part. It's about how do you create an environment where the homeschooling parent, often the mother, is emotionally healthy and fulfilled and the children are engaged and happy because that's where the real challenges come in. And I will tell you that my experience thus far to the homeschooling community leads me to believe that homeschooling mothers are often very lacking in their self-care. So in Erica's message, I think she kind of speaks to this, this idea that she has set these unrealistic expectations for herself and that she finds herself, as she says, stressed and cranky and miserable and feeling like she can't do it all. Now, as she went on in her email, she wrote, At the time that I decided to homeschool, I was following so many Instagram homeschooling accounts and ooing and aahing over them. Yeah, Erica, I know I've seen those homeschooling accounts, and I know the toxic level of perfectionism that can come from viewing those accounts. I follow one in particular where they have a whole wall painted as a blackboard wall, as do we, so I'm not saying anything about that, but it's always perfectly designed with the most beautiful drawings. It's stunning. It must take hours. The children are really young, so I know that it must be the adults in the house that are doing the art. And maybe that totally fills up that mom's cup, right? Spending hours each week redesigning the chalk wall. Good on her. Or maybe she just does it for Instagram because she knows it looks really beautiful. Whatever the reason is, intricate, beautiful chalk wall drawings do not fill up my cup. That is not where my strengths lie. I appreciate beautiful spaces, but spending hours each week creating them for my kids' education, yeah, that's just not sparking joy for me. And every time I see one of those, I just want to say, this is not what homeschooling looks like. This is what homeschooling on Instagram looks like, but I know better. I guess I always just thought that homeschooling was about giving your kids opportunities to learn from the world rather than designing some beautiful, perfect space and then holding them up in a room all day long. It's about having the ability to take field trips and to wander in nature and to go to the library and check out new books and dive deeper into topics that interest you. The whole idea behind homeschooling is getting kids out of these small, defined spaces that school exists within. So if that answers part of your question, Erica, no, I am not going to have a specific homeschooling space. I'm not going to have a ton of homeschooling stuff, and I am most definitely not going to be with my kids from sunup until sundown, because if I was, then I would be cranky and stressed out and miserable. I know this because I have been there before. The only reason that homeschooling is even possible for us is because we have childcare. So as many of you know, in episode 150, I talked about the fact that we have an au pair which is sort of a cross between an exchange student and a nanny who provides up to 45 hours a week of childcare. 
So having an au pair allows me to be home with the kids and spend time and homeschool them in the morning and then work in the afternoon because I would absolutely not be my best self if I was momming 12 hours a day. And frankly, I do see toxic levels of perfectionism cropping up across the homeschooling communities. And I think it's this idea that as a perfectionist in motherhood, we feel like we need to be able to do it all and to be it all. And homeschooling falls really nicely into that umbrella of doing it all and being it all. Because not only are you the person who's preparing the meals and doing the laundry and giving the baths, but you're also the person providing the education. You're on duty, on call. 24 hours a day, seven days a week in most cases. And I just knew that wasn't going to work for me. That would have been hard to admit to myself a couple of years ago, but in the past year or two, I have found that I am so much happier and I am such a better parent because I do get this time away from my kids. If I'm being perfectly honest, I love the person that I am when I'm with my kids now. Before I had childcare support and before I had my work to focus on, When I was 100% focusing on my kids, I didn't like the person that I was. I didn't like the way that I was nurturing my kids, and I didn't like the way that I was nurturing my relationship with my husband either. So for me, a big part of finding happiness and finding this seemingly impossible balance was the fact that I needed something else, something outside of just focusing on my kids. And in order to do that, I needed some childcare, ample childcare to make that happen. And for me, work is very much self-care. It fills up my cup. So I say all this because I want to make sure that everyone listening is completely informed about the fact that I'm not over here doing it all. I'm not homeschooling and running a successful business, exercising every day, cooking all organic food. I'm not living any kind of perfect life over here. What I am doing is striving to find balance and striving to find a routine and rhythm that really suits me because my happiness is incredibly important for the happiness of the other people in my family. If I'm in a terrible mood, everybody else in my family is in a terrible mood. And just like grumpiness is contagious, so is happiness. Okay, so getting into the specifics of what I am hoping our homeschool experience is going to look like for the next year. And now I say hoping because I am completely open to change. I don't know how this is going to go. I am not married to any of this. This is just loosely what I have in the plans thus far. For the next year, I'm just really hoping that my kids have the ability to learn from the world around them and to pursue their own interests and to learn more about the things that really light them up. I'm not opposed to unschooling, which is this idea that we don't need a curriculum to educate our children, but I am someone that likes some structure, so we are going to be using some curriculum for kindergarten. Starting this fall, we'll be using Oak Meadow for kindergarten, and most of the activities are suitable for my three-year-old to follow along with too. So for the most part, when we're using that curriculum, I'll be involving both of my kids. In addition to that, I am going to be adding a reading curriculum. There is language arts included in Oak Meadow, but I have decided that I want to teach both of my kids how to read with a very specific approach called Orton-Gillingham. So Orton-Gillingham is a very successful method of multisensory instruction. That means it engages all of the senses in teaching. And it's especially well known for teaching struggling readers. So many times when kids struggle to learn how to read with traditional methods, they'll get pulled once those learning differences are discovered and they'll learn with Orton-Gillingham. We do have some reading disabilities and dyslexia in our family tree, and those tend to be very hereditary. 
So I'm of the mindset that I would rather use this approach to reading from straight out the door in the event that my kids would struggle with learning how to read. I'd rather just teach them the right way, right out of the gate, rather than going back and having to fix something. I've had a lot of educators tell me that every child should be learning through Orton-Gillingham. It's definitely not just for struggling readers. It's an incredibly effective way of teaching reading to all children. It's just a rather specialized method of instruction, and a lot of teachers aren't trained in it. So that being said, this is what our days are going to look like. My son wakes up around 6, and my daughter wakes up around 7.30. So in the mornings, my son and I together will spend probably 15 or 20 minutes working on the Orton-Gillingham curriculum. The one that we're using is called All About Reading. And then after my daughter gets up and we have breakfast, we'll spend an hour or so using some of the Oak Meadow curriculum. And Oak Meadow is a nature-based, a little bit Waldorf-y type approach to education that covers a little math and a little science, a little social studies, but in a way that's very hands-on, screen-free, and play-based. So most days, depending on my work schedule, I'll spend time with my kids in the morning a few hours, probably until about 10 o'clock, and then I'll work for several hours in the afternoon. And while I'm at work, the au pair will take care of the kids. And on some afternoons, she'll take them out to do activities and playdates and that sort of thing. And then in the late afternoon, I spend a few more hours with my kids. Reading, cooking, dinner, getting ready for bed, bath time, all that stuff. So those curriculums are really just a few books. They don't require a lot of stuff. And that's part of the appeal to me. If I'm going to stick with the system, I need it to be straightforward and simple. And most importantly, I know that I need to continue to pursue my own interests to support my own well-being, because otherwise homeschooling will be a struggle, both for myself and for my kids. So if you are thinking about homeschooling, or if you're homeschooling right now and you're struggling, in particular struggling with some of the things that we talked about in this episode, you might need to take a closer look and reassess how you're balancing your time. There's a chance you might not be serving your own needs well. And if that's the case, you're probably going to see that in your kids and in your own behavior. In the end, I think it's all about finding the balance that works for you and being really honest with the fact that sometimes you do need to change your mind about the way you're doing things. You are absolutely allowed to change your mind at any point. Life rarely goes according to plans, especially with kids. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 157. And if you have thoughts or things to share, please leave those there. As always, thanks for tuning in and thanks for your support of Simple Families. Have a good one.